Today's show is brought to you by Harry's. Please visit harrys.com and use the promo code BIGGESTPROBLEM to save $5 off your first purchase. Welcome to The Biggest Problem in the Universe, the show where we discuss every problem in the universe from smallpox to hard knocks. With over 6 million downloads, this is the only show where you decide what should or shouldn't be on the big list of problems. I'm Maddox with me as Dick. Hey, what's up, buddy? And Sean, our audio engineer. Hello. We did it, guys. We did what We did what no one thought we couldn't do. I'm glad I didn't bet on us making it to 100 episodes. Yeah. I would have lost that bet. Yeah. You lose quite a few bets. Bets are uh, only fun if they're long shots. That's well, why. Well, I only look for the longest, dumbest bet you can make. That's the bet I make, because that's the fun one. Well, speaking of, Dick, uh, for the bonus episode last month, we did make a bet. One of our fans became an unwitting participant in a bet. Oh, yeah. And we have the conclusion. I think we have the conclusive proof of what I have, who, I have a voicemail from him if oh, you want to hear it. I think oh, there's yeah? definitely yeah. going to be a fight over this conclusion. Okay. Well, yeah, because if, if Maddox brought it up, he thinks he's right. He's right. definitely wrong. All right, let's hear it. Here is the voicemail. That, what was his name? Commander? Comrade Kratz. Comrade Kratz. Okay, here's the voicemail from him. Holy shit, Maddox, you fucking dunce. <laughs> you really believe that the Voyager, a craft that's been hurtling through space at like 36,000 miles per hour for the last like 39 years... Is really only 114 million miles away. Oh. Try 12 and a half billion, you fucking simpleton. Okay. I'm sorry, I so, have to go skydiving. Yeah. yeah. Here was the bet. He called in and said, you were an idiot. Yeah. Because you said the Voyager spacecraft was solar powered, and I said Voyager was nuclear powered. Ah. Uh-huh. Plutonium. Yeah, something I, like that. Well, I said we don't, know, we don't have a record of and it. You we said, don't know. It's solar powered. <laughs> don't be an idiot. And I said, well, I don't know. Someone else will check on that. Look, this guy calls in and says, Maddox, obviously it's nuclear powered because there's not enough photons out there to power a solar panel. Well, that's right? not true. There are. Okay. It's possible. Here, it's possible. That's not for the reason. What? Look, he might be right, but that's not the reason he's right, shithead. <laughs> say that. You again? can say, say that you slower. Can, I need... You can have a correct. You arrived at that the wrong the way. Wrong way. Right. That's why we like Common Core so much, yeah. right? Because you can you can get the right answer and still get a zero credit. Yes, but that's not the point of it. The point is to think correctly and to arrive at the conclusion in the yeah. proper way. Otherwise, you just guess. You know what? Uh, if you on a test, if you on a multiple choice test, you just guess the answer and you get it correct. So. You're like, well, I guess I knew the answer. It's like, no, you didn't. Shithead, you guessed. You didn't know the answer. Answer. Speaking of guessing, and during his voicemail, he said that Voyager is 20 billion miles from Earth. And yeah. you said, that's preposterous. It is. So I said, Maddox, hazard a guess. What yeah. do you, how far away do you think Voyager is? Well, look, and a lot of numbers were thrown out that episode, okay? <laughs> a lot of numbers, a lot of things. We'll talk about the conclusion of that bet on the bonus episode. We don't have to talk about it today. Well, what did you say? I said, you know what? My mind's a little foggy right now. You said 100 million miles. No, I don't. I, you know what? Let's not well, quote. Let's not quote. Everyone can go buy the bonus episode and hear for themselves <laughs> what you said after thinking about it for a little bit. There is a hook. Uh, <laughs> but And then what was the bet? The bet was... For $12. Whoever was closest... To the actual amount, yes. wins the $12. Right. And if you were right, I would pay you on behalf of Commander Crumbs or Com- whatever Comrade his name Kratz, is. Yes. Comrade Kratz, 
And yeah. if he's right, you got to pay him $12. Allegedly. That's what, that, that's that was the bet you what, made. I'll go back and I'll listen to that episode. As I often do, I re-listen to old episodes and I'll see exactly what the bet was. But, you know, I don't want to get into the details, especially like who won, <laughs> who lost that bet. It's not important. It's not important right now. I don't even now. know if you guys came up with what constitutes close. No, it, it's no, who, whoever's closest. Without, whoever's closest. Yeah, without, yeah oh. whoever's just, closest. Just because someone might be off by a couple orders of magnitude. That's, that's what I'm, okay. That's or what I'm saying. Or whoever's close. Just or both people. Or both people, okay? But no, moving on. Not, moving on. Not off by yeah. orders of magnitude. You know what? Speaking, Go look up orders of magnitude. Yeah, I got orders of magnitude for you, Dick. <laughs> the biggest problem in the universe from last week, our big episode 100, was yeah. addiction. Hey, Sean, your problem, Sean. people thought was the biggest problem we brought in last week. What a vote grab. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you fuck. And then, and then followed by asteroids. Uh, and then followed by women, dead last, but it was still in the positive territory. Cucks. All you cucks out there not voting up women. <laughs> yeah, that's what they are. Good job, Sean. So addiction, even though, like, I don't think it's a vote grab. Mm-hmm. Because there's no point. Eventually, we're going to cover all the problems, and sometimes we we discuss the problems ahead of time. What we're, what problems we're going to bring in, and sometimes you'll want to bring in a problem uh, that you you feel very passionately about, and I yield to you, and vice versa. What are you talking about? Problems that we bring into the I show. Know. What, you, what is this in reference to? That whatever problem that we have, like if Sean hadn't brought in addiction, eventually you or I would have. One of us would have would have brought it in. We have to. It's a problem. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All the problems in the universe. That's the name of the show. Okay. All right. Anyway. Um, and and Sh- uh, Sean, in deference to you, a lot of people in the comments said that I talked over you last Wait, time. Wait, can I let them speak for themselves? I got some voicemails oh, on there. Oh, boy. Here we go. Because it sounded like it was Man, kind I, of your problem anyway. What's wrong with you? We finally get to hear a problem from Sean, and you spent half the episode interrupting and talking over him. Shut the fuck up and let the man speak. Nevertheless, comments like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, There was there were some comments like that. So, in deference to you, Sean, if there was anything else you wanted to add to the problem, because there was, it's a huge problem. We didn't even have enough time to cover the. I feel like we could have spent the entire scope of the episode. Oh, we could have. And conversations go how they go, and that's you can't, especially on this show, you can't plan out a conversation because it's going to take a million laughs. You know, when you think it's going to go right. So everybody talked the right amount. People got the idea of it. So it's I I got some amazing emails actually. But also, and the. Shows are edited too, guys. Sometimes we have content that we cut from the show uh, because of length, because of pacing, because it's not on point uh, in uh, context. Yeah, although that's so really, bad. Really, not that often. Though. Yeah, like people ask often, me that all no. the time. Very little is edited out of these shows. It on, pretty, the uh, show is pretty much the show. Correct. On average, yeah, it should be. It should. It should be that. On a, no, it shouldn't. On average, on average, because because Dick, not everyone has to hear every single brain fart you make. When I was sitting uh, with a podcast, I did a podcast for a friend of mine one time, and I sat down in front of the camera, and I noticed that on camera I was off frame, and I decided, you know what, I'm not going to tell him because he's he's looking at the same screen I'm looking at. I'm going to see if he fixes it. He didn't, and then throughout the entire episode, I kept hinting. I said, look, you got to edit. Editing is key. You know, not everything. You have to put out your best version of yourself. Of of course, to your listeners. I hate listening to a podcast and feeling like I'm the first person who's ever heard it. I hate that feeling. I hate feeling like no one's ever heard it. No one's ever checked it for quality. No one's ever checked it for audio levels, for sound effects, for mixing, all that shit. It's a professional product we're putting out, and I'm proud of. And on average, I cut about two minutes out of a ninety minute episode. So you're not missing much. And if you want to hear what I cut, I can make a super cut of that and post it online. 
I'll make, or you, you know, could I'll, just throw up an episode without cutting it and see what people say. I have take a real risk. I have posted a few episodes. I mean, here's the thing: you're not going to notice a huge difference in no, most of like, these episodes. It's a episodes. bunch of uhs and yeah. like weird pauses <laughs> and like fucking up reading. Or exactly. Something like that. It's a bunch of ums and uhs, uh, stutters. Things like that. And then sometimes if a voicemail goes on too long, I'll edit that. You know, just little Aww. things here and there. It's not uh, It's not huge. Here's one that's going to go on too long. Hey, guys. This is Maddox, and this is how I talk. <laughs> you okay. see, I wanted to sum up what I said in the previous episode. This is fraud. This is fraud. Because, you know, I'm a writer. And <laughs> when I want to know something, I go to YouTube, and I find that five-minute YouTube clip. And oh, gosh. when that it's sums up idiots. for me, I'll tell the whole world. Yeah. You know what, Sean? I know you've dealt with addiction a lot, and that's great, but I'm a writer. <laughs> and I watched a YouTube video once. And I'm going to interrupt you with my own oversimplification. He doesn't today. sound like a writer. He know, doesn't sound like a writer. Every, You're right. Everything up for people. You're welcome. Uh, guy sounds like... He, he, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. <laughs> that guy you. sounds like a paper pusher. This guy actually is serious. This is not you. Hi, guys. This is Daniel from Seattle. In response to the latest episode that Sean brought in the problem of addiction, did anybody else notice that the one cocksucker in the room that admitted that he did not have a problem talked over the guy who admitted he had a problem? I mean, we get the point. You have to be the biggest fuckstick asshole in the universe. You make me wish that an asteroid would hit this planet and knock out the entire population. So assholes like you wouldn't be around to interrupt people who actually know what the fuck they're talking about. In all seriousness, though, the guys. I have an appointment at the Veterans Administration Hospital this Friday to undergo alcohol treatment, and I was going to cancel it until I heard Sean's problem, and it didn't inspire me to do it. So I do appreciate bringing that problem, and it means a lot. Maddox, go to hell. Dick, go to (laughs) rehab. Fucking asshole. Thanks, guys. Uh, Thanks, man. Uh, Good for you. No, that's not not true. They all make that shit up so they can get on the show. Uh, Fooled me. You know what? That's a challenge to you, shithead. I don't think you're going to get sober. Oh, That's a challenge. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Is, that a bad, is that a bad thing to say to an addict? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That, well, probably, then maybe that'll get the fire under his ass. I want to see that guy sober, because then maybe he'll realize what a, what a brilliant mind he was shitting on. Maybe he'll realize, and he'll apologize. He'll write me a handwritten note someday, and he'll say, Maddox, I was wrong. I was one a of fucking steps. idiot. As one of his steps, yeah. He yeah. needs to apologize to someone he's wronged. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. Yeah. Winner. I got one then more. Then you expect a letter from, like, everyone in the universe. Pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. All right, I got, uh, oh, boy. I got two more, if you if you can stomach them. <laughs> uh, is it more Wait, shitting on so me? Let me get this straight. Meteors and terrorism. Asteroid. You took a problem that is generally fear-mongered, that doesn't kill a lot of people, <laughs> and you took another oh, problem man. that has killed <sighs> almost no people... And you fear mongered it even more. <laughs> That's okay. true. No. What it's is not, wrong with It's not you? true. That's kind of true. No. You did spend the whole episode saying that as, like, we should pool all of our money to protect against asteroids. Absolutely. And they haven't killed anybody. Absolutely. Dick, you don't... The, the, the scope of... But the Ebola scope has of damage, killed people. The scope of damage that asteroid can cause, right? Yeah. Uh, is 100%. So you have to react to it. Because when it happens... You you don't you don't react afterwards and be like, well, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess it wiped out like 10 million people. We should probably have a defense system. That's too late. You need to be prepared for it so it doesn't get to that point. And by the way, isn't it's, that fear mongering? 
no, not not with asteroids, because we know oh. it's an inevitability. It's 92 people per year on average, because based on these these huge cataclysmic events, like if the Tunguska event happened over New York, they mm-hmm. average they amortize that over uh, the the course of a century, and they said that's on average about 92 people per year get killed by asteroids. Now we yeah. know that's that's uh, that's not the case, thankfully, yeah. but. That's what you're looking at if an asteroid actually hit. Okay. And by the way, that's only a city-sized asteroid. If but 9-11 it, did happen. No as, no Tunguska events happened on New York. Yeah, what percentage of the population did 9-11 wipe out? More Zero. than asteroids. Zero percent. All right. Zero well, what I found amazing was that Tunguska, that event, how big was that? It was like what, like nine or ten feet yeah, wide? Yeah, it was not like that it? big. It's yeah. tiny. That It's amazing it could do that. Yeah, it was a couple of parked cars next to each other, or maybe one. It's It, it doesn't take much for one of these asteroids. And by the way, they're black Size bodies. Size doesn't matter. What's that? <laughs> Size doesn't matter. Well. I got a comment here from Melvis Preston. <laughs> Sounds like a real name. He says, fuck asteroids, build a wall, and have the Martians pay for it. Oh. Good solution. And then I got a comment from Silius. Always bringing up Trump. Well, this guy the commented. I don't know. Yeah. This guy's oh, Silius. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy in the commented. I'm just passing on this information that happened to be on the website. That I selected 600 from- comments. Wait. I mean, I didn't mention Trump on the show, shithead. I never you mentioned Trump did. to begin with. No, no, to begin you just with. just did. On this show. I mean, the show. The biggest problem in the universe. Not yeah. this episode. The show. What I didn't mean? mention you didn't, Trump. You brought in fuckface Donald Trump after, as a problem. After you kept saying, make America great again, I went to a Trump rally. Uh, Trump, 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 Okay. He had no choice. I had no choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I put you, sorry for putting you in that position. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to talk about, that's the position that Mexico's put us in. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to talk about Trump. Don't mention Trump. I won't mention Trump. You just did. Wait, no, no, but I'm saying if you, going forward, can we I, can, a- I can have a, I can have a, 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 this can be a Trump free zone. We need a $12 bet. <laughs> I got a comment from Celiosaurus. Uh, he says... <laughs> Go ahead, Celiosaurus. What did he say? Celiosaurus says, I like Sean's problem. Addiction is like an asteroid hitting you before the real asteroid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Combining two problems? I don't think so. Um, and then... Uh, hey, no asteroid has ever got in a fight with me at a bar. Right? No asteroid has ever thrown me out of an Uber because I made I said the wrong thing well, about some asteroid sister. Statistically <laughs> speaking, Dick, it's gonna it's bound right? to happen. It's bound to happen. I got a voicemail. I got a voicemail. Um, actually, Sean, I don't know when you had time to do this, but uh, oh god, I got a I got a voicemail from Sean. Oh, this will be rich. Hey guys, this is Sean, your audio engineer. <laughs> this is how I talk. I was going to record a message, a voicemail for you guys, congratulating you on 100 episodes. But I got high and deleted it. <laughs> Sorry about that. Congratulations on 100 episodes, guys. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll see you at the show this week. Later. Sean, nice of you to call in yeah, in sorry. between bong ribs. Uh, that was after, like, uh, episode 50, I think. I forgot what number we were on. Yeah. All right, Dick, got anything else? No. Should we get to a problem? Sure. All right. Uh, my problem is, well, you know, it's it's uh, it's 420 tomorrow. Did you know that? Yeah. You don't, don't you have yeah. to take your time. You can just trust my math yeah, on yeah, this yeah. one. I, I figured it out. Yeah, it's I 420. Ahead. I know mm-hmm. when 420 is. You're, you're not yeah. going to wish happy birthday to a certain person, are you? <laughs> it's Hitler's birthday. Yeah, it is, yeah. Well, to some people, it's Hitler's birthday. Yeah. To some people, it's a day to call in sick and get high all day. 
why are you looking at me? Mm-hmm. Sean, everyone's <laughs> but, looking at you. But Sean, I know you don't have a word to call into. There's two things that will never die on this podcast. Yeah. It's the deletion yeah. and the sativa Sean. Oh, there's a lot. There's uh, a, it's more than that. Guys, yeah. you're you're derailing my problem by interrupting. Uh but but to libertarians 420 is a great day to talk about government waste oh, and over, overreach and Here the militarization go. of the police. My my problem is the war on drugs. Okay. Big problem. So where did this come from? He doesn't get applause? <laughs> no, I never get applause. No, that's Yo, what you do you mean where applause did it, sometimes? What do you I mean where pl- did it come I from? I gave you applause a couple episodes ago. That's true. Yeah. No, the war on drugs. Where did the war on drugs come from? Where did that phrase oh, come from? Where did the concept come from? Oh, I don't know. Nancy uh, Reagan under the Reagan yeah was it Nancy Reagan? Reagan, I mean, Reagan Nixon kind of started it, but I, did you know? Are you are you asking because you know? Or are you asking Both, a question? Yeah. I'm a, I'm asking because so the listener knows, so we have some background, and also uh, I think know. everybody knows what the war on drugs is. It's a criminalization of drugs. It's gone way back though. Like yeah. we've been slowly criminalizing drugs since there have been drugs in America. Well, and you're right. Uh, yeah, but you're right. Nixon also like he wanted to keep an eye on the counterculture. So he was having. Well, it's always been racist in nature, criminalizing any drugs of any kind. I mean, I'll, I'll get to that. But what it is yeah. now is is um, a system of crazy laws to me and outrageous spending wastes that have turned that have created entire departments of paramilitary groups to crack down on something that everyone does and it hurts pretty much nobody. Hmm. We spend we've spent a trillion dollars on the war on drugs since Nixon. We've spent one trillion dollars. Like, like that's like fifty billion dollars a year. You know you know what NASA's budget is? What's that? Like you nine hundred? I don't know. I don't know. It's like twenty billion dollars a year. The NASA's budget eighteen billion dollars a year. Yeah, it's a lot We're of NASA's. spending two and a half times that every year to stop people from getting high. Yeah. Doesn't that seem a little? You should hate that. Oh, I, I do. Know you love space. If we spent that money. On building more NASAs, we'd get people real high. High, <laughs> there you go. high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Space elevator, projected cost. I don't know where they get this. Uh, space ele- elevator, projected cost, $6 billion, 6 to $20 billion. Two space elevators. Yeah. Yeah. Cancel the war on drugs. Give me two space elevators. Sure. A year. Yeah. Every year. You could get you could get 1.6 billion Oculus Rifts. MSRP, 600 bucks. That's one for... One seventh of the world's population, but 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 <laughs> three or four years, four or five years, you could put the whole world in VR. I can't wait with no war on drugs. That's what I'm saying. No war on drugs. So, but again, this um, the war on drugs. Uh, this this concept, this phrase came from the 80s specifically, right? Yeah, during the Reagan administration. That's when I because you and I we grow up, we grew up. You, I, and Sean grew uh-huh. up in a specific generation because all I remember growing up when I was a kid. Is dare um, dare yeah yeah dare to dare to say no to drugs and the ribbons and the yeah. ribbons there was ribbons Nancy Reagan had a huge campaign and I thought when I was a kid I thought it was a good campaign you thought the dare campaign was sure. a good campaign I I mean I grew up in Utah there were no drugs around me uh, for <laughs> there the were part. no drugs but we got to stop being on these drugs right yeah I mean that's what like I remember dare when it came to my little school in Arizona uh, and they're like well you, you guys you gotta you gotta stay off drugs like. Man, this is the first time I've ever heard of drugs. Is when you guys came in here with these fucking dare shirts. What's what's all this drugs about? They brought what are you in, talking about? At my school, they brought in like a uh, like a display a sampler case. set. Yeah, with yeah. like all kinds. Of, it's like this is this, this is this, this is this, and I guess they educated you. But yeah, I'd never seen any of that shit before. No, 
Well, so, oh, sorry, go Well, ahead. the D.A.R.E., they rolled out this program nationwide without, and you should like this, without any evidence that it works at all, right? Right. You would think you brought in the homeless problem, and yeah. according to you, it works. Like, let's see if well, this works. Well, according to the evidence, it. yes. Well, we according can get to, to the that. studies and the evidence. Well, it works in Utah. <sighs> we know it works in Utah. We don't, though, because and, and they it works changed, in Canada. No, they it works changed in... the way they counted homeless no, people. No, Dick, that's right. a fucking... Right, right, right. No, 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 Sorry no, 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 That's a fucking bullshit-ass AEI Institute. This right-wing think tank came out with this... Ad hominem Hold on, I'm not done. I'm not done. Let's not interrupt. The AEI right-wing think tank institute right the same people who miraculously came out with a study that said fast food is healthy for you right when mcdonald's needed a pr uh, bump when supersize me came out these are the people uh-huh. who came out with the study saying oh it's an accounting thing you know really if you look at the numbers and you you, you compound them this way the specific way it, there's actually no it's a net neutral but uh-huh. that they didn't use the same accounting system in other cities where the same project has worked same project, same exact method, and it's worked in multiple cities. But the AEI Institute is coming out to poo-poo on this and saying it doesn't work. Hey, tell that to the guy who moved back to Chicago and is living with his family and is now a contributing taxpayer. Tell that to guy, that guy who's no longer living on the streets. Tell him it doesn't work. Go we, ahead. We get it. You like the homeless. We get okay. it. We get it. You want to fix homelessness. Speaking of taxes, if illegal drugs were taxed, we'd get $50 billion in taxes. And we'd save another 50 It's a... 50 billion fighting it every year. That's 100 billion dollars. Well, it holy co- shit, that's a lot of money. The war on drugs costs an incredible amount and also gets people killed. Right. Dude, even worse, it gets 2 million people put in prison every year. Yeah. Like if you just if you just look at it from an ideological perspective, like uh don't do drugs because they'll They'll ruin your life, right? Well, I'm which talk- I'm not arguing. Like, yeah, you, don't do drugs because they will fuck up your life a little bit. Well, and that's where the responsibility part. Going comes in. to prison will fuck up your life way worse. Well, that's on your record forever. There are programs that exist to get ex-cons jobs because it's so hard for them to get hired. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. No. I mean, talk about a stigma. Going to prison, you always, even if you went, for you can something hide minor- the drug use. You can't hide. I was in prison. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's on it's on your record. That's rough. But I'm talking about the people who get killed who have to enforce some of these laws. You know what the I mean? DEA so it's on the DEA agents. Yeah, well, I mean, not just in America, but in South America. Oh, absolutely. As well. It's a huge problem because we are we are uh, causing a lot of crime to happen in South America. We've uh, ruined Mexico. Well, it's definitely hurt Mexico. Well, yeah. just, oh my God! It's changed the entire. It's changed the entire country. It's well, run by no. cartels. There, the, it, those are there's a very few cities. It's not the entire country. The entire country is not run by cartels. But there, but there are certain cities that are very cartel heavy. They're very dangerous. I agree totally. Um, and the other thing is the cost to policing. Sean, you kind of mentioned this. The cost of policing this, Dick, is that figured into your figures? The hundred billion you said the you 50, would say per 50 year. Fifty billion. Yeah, that's the cost of policing. That's the cost the 50 of policing. Billion, the other fifty is the missing tax revenue that we would yeah. get on drugs. Colorado's doing really well with. Oh the, yeah. Yeah. Colorado's do, it's a big boom to the economy. Uh, and also, I think, I, I don't know if, if over time it would stay that high because I think people, what, when they're what deprived, would stay what high? The, the income they're getting from the uh, tax revenue on, on marijuana. You don't think it would stay Colorado. as high as 50 billion? Well, I think that we're seeing a bump because people were so deprived for so long and a lot of people are curious and a lot of people would try it for the novelty. But I think over time you would see it normalize because it's just like in uh, Denmark. In, in Denmark, it's pretty much legal. Uh, a lot of people, you, you can pretty much smoke anytime you want. And what they find is it's kind of just becomes a stable, 
just a, a staple of the economy, just like any other commodity. So it's not a big deal. It's not this like novelty. So we may be seeing a boom right now, and it may trickle off over time. But yeah, it, you're going to get tax revenue from drugs. Yeah, I don't think le- whether it's legal or whether it's not legal has anything but a very minuscule effect on uh, actual drug use. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Are there stats like in— Well, there's con- here. If, if the illegal drug trade was a country, it would be one of the top 20 economies in the world. Sure. $320 billion dollars is spent on the illegal drug trade. That's not that and that's as, as as illegal as it gets. It's already it's already in the top 20 economies in the world. So if we're talking like little ebbs and flows, I don't think anything's going to take a bit, big bite out of that number. But I'm talking about people because the argument is, well, if you legalize drugs then you're going to have more drug addicts. That's the simplistic argument against it, right? It's like, oh, it's going to encourage people. It's the whole stupid thing about uh, you know, hey, if you give out condoms in school, it's going to encourage kids to have sex. Well, that's the thing. It's like it's drugs are treated unlike any other thing that we have a problem with, like uh, teenage pregnancy. You don't say, "Well, that's illegal then for kids to have sex." We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't collectively think that's a good idea, nor do we do it. Right? We to, to illegalize them. teen sex. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that that well. would be because that would be insane. And that banging a, a, a teenage two teenagers banging is way more difficult than a teenager getting high by himself. And we at least treat the banging situation like it should be educated to. Like, hey, we would love to make this teenage sex thing illegal because it would just fix it. But instead, we've got to break our backs educating you stupid kids on how to use condoms or how to get an IUD. We'll even pay you for it. We'll make it free because that's like a sensible way to go about it. But when it comes to drugs, like teenager getting high, that you're going straight to fucking jail. Yeah. No way. We're not educating you at all. Jail. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's pretty ridiculous, and it disproportionately affects lower income neighborhoods, blacks especially. Yeah. Ten yeah. times more likely, uh, it's you're ten times more likely to go to prison if you're black for a drug offense than you are if you're white, and you're less likely to use it. You're less right. likely to use drugs right. if you're black than white. I don't know. I don't know why that is. That's a fascinating study. I this just I just recently read Slightly about slightly less likely, but still less likely. Well, yeah, but that's I mean, yeah. Well, it's even not if it was way equal, more likely. So no, yeah, it doesn't no. correspond with the uh, rate well, of incarceration at all. Yeah, that's the stereotype is that black people do more drugs, especially in in lower income. But they they that study came out, Dick, that you uh, that you mentioned is they found that black people are less likely to do drugs, but more likely to get arrested for doing drugs. Yeah, for sure, it's. If you're likely to be an abuser, it's like, here it is. It's 15% uh, Native American, 9.2% for, uh, 9% for whites, 5% for African Americans, and 3.5% for Asians, Randy. You guys are the big winners on the addiction front. Uh, that's how likely you are to, to be addicted to drugs. But you're way more likely Wait, to be arrested. Randy's what addicted to math homework. <laughs> <laughs> Sean with the zinger. Where's cool Sean Zingers? Sean with the zinger. <laughs> oh yeah. Nailed it. All hey, right, uh, so wait, here's this is telling. I love that uh, guy. In the 80s, like before the war on drugs really kicked it into uh to to, to fourth gear, uh 40,000 people were in US jails and prisons for drug crimes. Now it's more than 500,000. So yeah. it's like that's a lot. That's a lot of new um meat to feed into the for-profit prison system right 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 
This is a huge problem, Dick. This is a, this is a problem with many different heads, and it leads into other problems. The prison system you mentioned specifically, it leads to higher unemployment because once you get incarcerated, you come out, and that's always going to be on your record. Oh, you can't and, escape it. And then we're coming full circle because you talked about the problem of blacks being arrested uh, disproportionately compared to how much they do the, the, the crime or the drugs, right? Now you have all these black people who come out of prison who have this prison record on their on their uh, uh, on their employment record, their history essentially. Mm-hmm. Then they apply for a job, and you know when you're applying for a job, you see on your application, have you ever been convicted as a felon? Mm-hmm. You have to check that box. Man, put yourself in the position of a hiring manager, and you say you see that on your resume. Trash. Right. Instantly. You're not supposed to. You but should. Most people, most people probably do because they don't want to even get into it. They don't want to take the risk. They don't want to know about it. You've been to prison. Why should I hire you over these 10 other applicants who are qualified and haven't mm-hmm. been to prison? It's going to be a stigma on the rest of your life, the record of the rest of your life, and then it leads to higher crime rates because of unemployment, and yeah. it just becomes a vicious cycle. And yeah. and there's no quality control for, for drugs. Oh, dr- That's true. That's I mean, a good I'm, point. I've never, I've never eaten a pizza and turned to my friend and said, "Does this, does this pizza taste like there's a little bit of heroin in it? Like, do you think this pizza has any meth in it? I feel really weird." No, because there's a gigantic agency making sure that that doesn't happen. Otherwise, you're like, "Well, I gotta eat this pizza because it took me like three hours to get for some reason, and I had to schmooze up a guy I haven't spoken to in, in two the years." Bad part of town. Speaking of pizza and drugs. And, right be- and regulation. Yeah. Yeah. Right before. <laughs> oh, we're, get, we're getting to the delicious regulation. Right before Colorado legalized pot. Yeah. Like a month before, Peyton Manning bought something like 15 Papa John's franchises. <laughs> and I'm going, what a fucking genius. What a genius. Yeah. What a fucking oh, genius. That's a good, yeah, yeah that's right. a good call. You're right. That's a good call for the uh, for the munchies effect. Oh, my God. Which I guess is true, right? I mean, I don't smoke, but. Uh, oh, yeah. You dude. get munchies when you smoke? No, I can't. Uh, I, I go out of my way not to smoke weed because all I want to do is lay on the couch and eat. And I'm thank God it makes me too lazy to eat or I'd weigh like 600 pounds. <laughs> like I can't even move my finger to order properly, to order eat. 24 properly so but that's a that's that goes that speaks to the therapeutic effect of marijuana sometimes which uh uh for the longest time i didn't believe any of this stuff i didn't believe i felt like most people who want to smoke just should say they want to smoke and that's the reason they want to do it i think that's true but there is medical evidence more and more of it there is especially for hospital patients who have lost their appetite due to chemotherapy and things like that Uh, it can help it can help uh uh activate your your appetite again yeah oh yeah um let's see how about respect for the law? This is a weird, this is a kind of an obtuse point about it, but uh, I do think I'm not a big fan of I'm not a fan of the police. You no. could say uh, a large part of that is because they're always cracking down on something that I don't think is wrong. Hmm. How can you respect that? How can any if everyone in America is doing this is getting high? And they're telling you all the time for no reason, for reasons that you don't understand, that make no sense, that you're not allowed to do it, and they're throwing you in prison for it or fining you for it. How can you have any respect for that institution? It's driven a gigantic wedge between what used to be like the Andy Griffith show, the friendly town sheriff, who is there to protect you and I assume wants to protect you. Now he's policing what you put in your body. There's a big difference to that, and I think it's evolved into this atmosphere of hating police. Well, the problem are, is the uh, laws on the books that they have to enforce. Well, but yeah, 
Yeah. Well, you know, you and I, like, I've got a longtime friend who had a long career with the sheriff's department, uh, and Dick knows him well, too. Yeah. And he used to go on the, uh, he used to lead the raids as a sergeant right. out in the, you know, out in the high desert out here, mm-hmm. uh, north of L.A., all the, a lot of meth and stuff out there. And I've never heard him say anything different than our drug laws are archaic and we shouldn't be doing this. Right. Well, Dick, so of all the things you said, I agree with most of it, but something I take issue with was something you said at the top of this problem, which is that it hurts no one. Now, we know for a fact that drugs definitely do hurt people. Not only do they do they hurt people who get addicted, but they hurt people sometimes even uh, recreationally, if you use it recreationally. Like certain drugs like uh, okay. like acid, uh, certain drugs Wait, like— Wait, why do you think acid hurts people? It, cause, it can cause permanent— uh, changes in your in your uh, brain psychology in your brain chemistry. You can have what? you can have acid flashbacks for the rest of your life just by even oh, trying it once. It's not that bad. Well, for most people, right? But 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 for some people, if they even try it once, you can have that acid flashback. And you know it can, what's way fucking worse? Sugar, well, fast food, McDonald's. Okay, okay hold on, hold 600,000 deaths from from heart attacks and from obesity in the U.S. alone. Worldwide, right. drugs cause 200,000 deaths. Okay. That's it. Okay, but it's not just deaths. We're not talking about just deaths. What I was going to say is that it can cause holes inside your brain. It actually destroys brain matter. So mm-hmm. some of these drugs you take, and if you get to a certain point— you, be, you stop being self-sufficient, you have cognitive disorders, you're not a functional member of society, and then what? Great. what you, you're, a, you're a drain on the healthcare system. Don't do drugs. You're already, we've got millions of people in jail. There, so let me let me put it to you this way then. So I'm, I'm going to skip past the point where I say you have no right to moralize what I do with my brain or my body. You just have, you have no right to do that. And number two, totally inconsistent with all of our other values in society. Drugs, horrible, because they chew up your brain. Public is wildly misinformed about that. You even said yourself acid could cause holes in your brain to last for the rest of your life. Right. That's that's just as crazy as the as, as an asteroid killing you. Like, the odds of that are phenomenally low. However, I will say this. If we're looking at supporting these whatever ruined uh, drug addicts you're talking about, right. would you rather put them up and pay for their prison stay? For a cu- for twenty years, for getting caught selling, or would you rather uh, deal with maybe every once in a while someone's drugged themselves out into a uh, seven style laying in bed, no more tongue, like totally destitute, and have to put them in some kind of hostel? What if you're really weighing the economics of it? Which one do you think saves money, the prison or the hospital? I don't know which one. Because you have to do you have to do the hospital anyway. Okay. So I, why are we paying for the prison part? I don't know which one would eventually save the most money. I don't know. I'd have to look into that. I think that's a that's a, a larger discussion that requires some studying. Uh, I know which one I'd prefer just from an ethical standpoint, which is the hospital, because at least it doesn't leave the stigma on your record for the rest of your life. And, yeah, that's tough. And you can't prevent yeah. the hospital one anyway. And prison sure as hell isn't doing it. Um. Yeah, but uh, but it does. I mean, let's not pretend like drugs are totally harmless and they are totally innocent and it's They're just recreational. Way less harmless than every single thing everybody does every day. They're less harmless than the shit we put in our bodies to eat. Drugs are less harmful than what people eat every day. Well, here's the thing, though. Like in my family, there's been social services called multiple times because they're neglecting their kids. 
The kids don't have a choice in the matter. Right. So if you just want to make a blank, blanket statement that drugs aren't harmful, right. I mean, they are, and I don't think you're saying that, but it's they don't have a choice. Like if the parents do drugs, but on the flip side- That's why we have social services. Great, but take on, the kids. But on the flip, well, yeah, but you you don't know what happens to kids in social services. Hey, it's it's right. worse than- If you're talking about like serious neglect, like the kids yeah. are starving, then, you know- at least that's that's the best we can do. There's no, no good it, fix for that. No, there's not. There's not. But at the same time, whether they're legal or not, if you have kids, you need to decide that those kids are more important or you need to not do drugs. But we have we have case studies where people have made that decision over and over and over again and they choose the drugs because and here's where I they just do. Agree and with the you, laws Dick. don't help. That's right. Well, yeah, the laws aren't on. making it harder well, to get I, any I drugs. It doesn't seem like they do. Hold on. Let me let me make let me play devil's advocate here for a second. Yeah, sure. Because let's say that drugs were more readily available and more, and easier for people to get. Uh that's a that's a huge potential risk. Like this is politically. Hold let on, let me fin- right no, there. let me finish this point. It's political suicide. It's a, a minefield to walk through to try to propose some legislation that may make more addicts. Mm-hmm. If if any politician came through and said, "Okay, the war on drugs isn't working. Let's make them legal," and then suddenly you see a big bump in heroin addicts or uh, or people who are addicted to meth, and then that's political suicide, not just for that person, but for the potential party or people who voted that legislation in. So it's not as simple as simply saying, "Okay, well, let's just get rid of the war on drugs." How do you effectively do that? And is it actually worse than the food that people are eating? Because no one can agree on whether or not eggs are good for you or butter is good for you or milk is good for you. Like every fucking week yeah, there's a study. No one can agree on if acid chews holes in your brain either. Like no, the amount does. of the amount of misinformation about drugs is so out of control that I, I think if it was about something you cared about, like if it was about video games or meat or something that you enjoyed every once in a while, your tune would be totally different. Like if it was just X, if we replaced the word drugs with something else, not only your opinion, but everybody's opinion would be wildly different about it. Well, I had an uncle uh, who had a uh, brain scan, like a CT scan, I guess. And the doctor came in and he said, uh, Mr. So-and-so, you don't have to answer this, but have you abused cocaine? You know, you could see it right on his brain. Yeah, you yeah. can it was see like, it. It's not, it's not like you're saying, Dick. It's not like the 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 uh, research is at the, 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 the jury's out still. We're trying to decide whether or not it does. There are x-rays. You can Google this right now. There are x-rays of holes in people's brains that you, they've seen on MRI scans because they did too much drugs. But you said once. That's the issue. You said oh, once. Well, even, that's, fear, that's crazy fear-mongering. That's no, like saying I said recreationally kills tons of people. It doesn't. No, no, no. I said recreationally, uh, recreational use, if you do occasional recreational use, even that can have that kind of effect. But one you time said for- once. No, I specifically was talking about acid. If yeah. you use acid one time, you can still have flashbacks for the rest of your life. Now, I know yeah. it may be unlikely. I know it may be rare, but it is a possibility, and it's something that you have to really consider if you're at a party and someone slips you a pill, which, by the way, you don't know what it's cut with. You don't know how- the you know that goes back to the regulation of drugs. Yeah, the idea that we're discussing these crazy statistical anomalies as a function of like massive government bureaucracies is kind of retarded to me. Now, here's what I want to know: Are there countries where because Maddox, you were talking about you know potentially more addicts, and that's always been the the argument against uh, ending the war on drugs. Yeah. Um, 
Do we have any stats or anything like that uh, that shows maybe a country where drugs were illegal and are now legal and the numbers that correspond to that? I don't have those stats, but I would be wary of any stats that came out of the U.S. on that because people aren't self-reporting. Like, how can you oh, have a how can you have an accurate stat on something that's no? But you get it from you illegal. get it from their government. Yeah. Well, and yeah. also there are ethical concerns with studying something like this. Like scientists. And doctors and researchers have to do no harm to their patients. So if you have someone coming into your office, you can't give them meth. You can't have a control group that has meth and one has placebos and one has so on and so forth. There's ethical concerns with stuff like this. So the amount of research that we have out there, I'll agree, you know, it's it may be spotty, but we know that uh, the drugs can be a problem. I think that before we start to talk about legalizing all drugs as a blanket statement, um, we need to find out the root causes of addiction and make sure that that uh-huh. doesn't happen and try to solve that problem. Yeah. And I think that part of the reason that this big war on drugs has been conflated into such a huge issue and so many uh, people have been put into the prison pipeline is specifically because marijuana has been illegal, which is, if you're lumping into with the other hard drugs, that's kind of like, uh, I don't know, lumping in uh, cigarettes with uh, with firearms, which they do in our government. Yeah. Well, here's why you're... Um Here's why all of that's extremely disingenuous. Because you're putting the onus on the wrong side of the equation here. You're saying, make something illegal until you've proven to me that it should be legal. And it should be legal already. The only, the only reason it's illegal is because of racism. Every single drug has been outlawed. Uh, let's see here. 1870s. It was Chinese immigrants with opium. Then the first anti-cocaine laws in the South came in the early 1900s against black people. Then anti-marijuana in the Midwest and the Southwest in the 1910s and 20s. At every single stage, even during Nixon, it was about race. So to take any kind of ethical or moral high ground against addiction or whatever is an argument you're making after the fact on a law that was enacted because of racism. Like, now it's like, oh, well, uh, it was racist when we did it, but maybe maybe it's causing some good, so let's really look at it before we roll it back. It should be instantly rolled back, because there's you have no right to do it. It's a it's totally unjust law. Well, I think that uh, the majority of the reason may be racism. I don't think it's all, I don't think it's entirely. I do think that people do look at the data, they look at the junkies, they look at the addicts, they look at people who have trouble with addiction. And because drugs are specifically yeah. so addictive, that's why they're a problem. And you, Dick, you said earlier- They're like, not if this as addictive as fast food. Uh, okay, that's not true. Um, you said earlier that if if uh, this was anything that I liked, that, that mm-hmm. we were talking about addiction, I brought in internet addiction as a problem. And I love the internet. I, mm-hmm. I have dealt with that personally. I found myself uh, spending hours in front of some shit to the point where I have to- um, uh, sabotage my own ability to surf the internet. I, right. I hide Facebook and Twitter and that sort of thing and make it difficult for myself to get to it because of internet addiction. Now, I know it's a problem, but it's I don't think it's a problem to the to the scope of drug addiction. Here's why you don't here's scale. why in your brain you don't understand what the issue is here. Imagine if the government said you using your computer to get on the internet for more than 2 hours a day was illegal. That's exactly what they're doing with drugs. Well, yeah, but me getting on the internet for, say, six, seven hours a day, unless I'm neglecting a child who's not being fed, unless I'm, uh, you know, uh, Did you I'm hear the scenario addicted. I just said? Yes, they I, I heard. they came to you and said, right. if you're on there for more than I'm, two hours, I know, Dick, you're I'm going to jail. I'm addressing what you just said. If I'm sitting there and I, I'm using my, my internet for more than that, 
uh, and then and then uh, I'm neglecting a child. I get it because that's usually the case with drugs. It's drugs are illegal. That's not the law, though. Well, okay, but but that's the reason. That's the that's the impetus. Well, I, okay, racism mm-hmm. aside, racism aside, you can make the case that that's that's the reason. With internet addiction, it's not going to cause me permanent harm. Yeah. So imagine if you were trying to make this argument, except the internet was illegal, because that's what we're doing. Our, I, our stuff is our, your stuff, all legal. Meat. Bicycles, all the stuff that you like, all legal. Right. Drugs, illegal for for no reason. Like, well, what's wrong with what's wrong with using the internet for a couple hours a day? Well, it's illegal. Well, now I got to argue against that. How how the fuck can I argue against that when you never proved it? Yeah, I don't know, ne- man. Not only did you never prove making it illegal helps at all, you never proved it was a big problem in the first place. Right. Well, I'm with you, man. But where do you start to even solve this problem? Because you have this entrenched in society. Again, it's political suicide. It's states' rights. Okay. That's what, I mean, what, what do you mean? How do you raise your hand? What, that's Colorado and Washington are leading the way. Well, it's true, but that's still federally illegal. Yeah, but, you know. And that's the thing. And the Civil War... You know, it was it ended up being a war about slavery more than it was at the beginning, but it was about states' rights mm-hmm. and the states lost. Yeah. Well, well, we'll have another one. Well, there, you know, the race the race issue is a big component of this. I'll give you that. Of course. Um, however, there's there are certain drugs. I don't think that most things. I don't think that most regulation comes from people sitting around being bored and trying to fuck with your life. That's not how regulation happens. Regulation is reactive. Not proactive. So well, you sit around. Votes, hold though. on. You're, you, you, they're not sitting around trying to come up with ways to fuck with you. Uh, for example, ayahuasca. Ayahuasca, I think, is still legal in, uh, in America. Or maybe there's a lot of different types of opiates that uh, Native Americans use in mm-hmm. their rituals and part of their beliefs and so on and so forth. They're not illegal until I think that they find a reason to make it illegal. Or maybe, uh, you know, Dick, to be totally cynical— Maybe to make it illegal to get additional revenue by fining people and putting people in jail. No, I, I mean, I don't think you're being nearly cynical enough. They make drugs illegal when they find that kids are using them. And they do it to gin up uh, alarmism. They do it to gin up a, a, a sort of religious fervor that it's anti-drug related. Like the reason, the reason so many politicians can be as anti-drug as they are is because you don't – the only argument for it is – I don't know, personal freedom and it feels good? Like, that's a really hard, unless you believe in personal freedom, that's a really hard argument to make because they just throw stats at you until you kind of walk away and you say, I'll just do it illegally then. Fuck you. And I bet all of you do drugs too. So fuck you too. Like, it's it's all political grandstanding. Yeah. Well, it's a big problem, Dick. Uh, The war on drugs is a big problem. I'm not even sure there's a clear-cut solution. I'm not, I don't even know how to get out of it. Yeah, but again, it's political suicide. What do you no mean one's it's gonna poli- do you're it. not running for office? What do you mean it's political suicide? Colorado's done it. Washington's done it. No, with marijuana that has been there's there's copious amount of material and fucking stoners who won't shut the fuck up about it, who will just badger your ear off about how marijuana is safe and good for you and it cures cancer and all this other bullshit for years and years, and then people do it and they see the effects, and no one no one becomes a marijuana junkie, no one becomes a marijuana addict, no one really marijuana is not a huge problem. So that's Whoa. why with marijuana specifically, uh, the states have been a few states have been passing legislation saying, look, let's chill out on marijuana, but with other hard drugs, Dick, I don't think that that's going to be the case. You think it's marijuana- Marijuana is less dangerous than cocaine. You think liquor's less dangerous than cocaine? Man. No, but yeah, we, I think your I think your drug education is uh, very minimal. No, I didn't say that. 
Yeah. That's a straw man argument. I didn't say that. I said specifically marijuana. Now, if you're going to legalize meth and heroin and sure. these other shit, and then all of a sudden you see a big spike in junkies the next year, guess what? That's fucking political suicide. That's why it's a politically untenable situation for, for politicians to come in and say, well, you know what? Our state's going to be the first to uh, blanket sweep yeah. all drugs legal. I, mean, I don't I think said it's going to happen. Gay mar- You'd be on the side of, if, I, like, if, if 20 years ago I would have brought in gay marriage rights you would have said the exact same thing then political suicide it's political suicide because it was back then right well you know hopefully there's men who are more brave in america than that who can say this is wrong this is bad there's no proof for it it was obviously racially motivated as said by the head of the dea under nixon yeah so let's just end it it's up to you to prove that it needs to go on the books again if there was a way to do that without attaching any politician or political party to it, I think that that would— uh, If there was a way to pass a law without yeah. involving politicians? No, yeah, because the politicians we have today in, in Washington, D.C. are so cowardly that they will create super—like these weird groups of uh, bipartisan— uh, they're bipartisan groups that pass legislation, so neither party can really get the blame for it if something goes wrong. It's just so cowardly right now. Well, our, if the our, states do it, they have to do it. They don't have a choice. Most of the funding for the DA comes from the states anyway, I, yeah. I believe. I don't have the status. All right. Good. All right, that's my problem. You know who does support states' rights? Is Harry's. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by Harry's. Please visit harrys.com and use the promo code Biggest Problem to save $5 off your first purchase. It, Harry's makes, a, it's a German-engineered, Five-blade cartridge that gives you a close and comfortable shave with no cuts or burns. Maddox and I have both been using them for a year. We're great. We're highly satisfied. It makes me want to shave more. I wish my beard grew faster so that I could shave it more times a day. The experience is so pleasurable. Buddy, you need hot sauce. That will make my beard go <laughs> <Yes>. faster? <laughs> well, if Harry's made some, I would buy it because it's so easy to buy off Harry's. I don't have to go to the store. I haven't been to the store in forever. Yeah. And I hate going to the store. Forget I stores. I like wallowing in depression in my apartment. So Harry's <laughs> makes it easy to do that. You don't have to what? meet some weird guy in an alley. You know, yeah, to buy, yeah. Hook up Ex- Harry's. Exactly. Uh-huh. I don't have... It's, uh, I, why pay $32 for an eight-pack of blades when you can get them for half the price at harrys.com? You get... What do you get? You get the gel... You mm-hmm. get the blade pack. Yeah. And the you butter, get the shaving butter. The shaving butter or the cream. Yeah. Which one do you like again? I like the gel. I like the shaving gel. Is that the one that is that the one that's like really slippery? It's the one that comes out like it looks like gel, and then you put it on your face and it turns into foam. And oh, yeah, I will okay. say this when it, yeah. when when the product first came out, <laughs> that that stuff shot out like a rocket, and Harry's fixed it. I think they listened to this podcast. Oh, they did. They did, yeah. It did. It shot. It almost blew my hand off the first time I used it. <laughs> yeah, it was like a shotgun, but but they fixed it to their credit, and now it comes yeah. out silky smooth. That's great. Harry's listens to their customers, unlike the federal government. Go to harrys.com. <laughs> promo code biggest problem to save $5 off your first purchase. And thanks for listening, guys. And more, most importantly, Dick, I think with Harry's is our fans love it. Thanks for supporting us, guys. All right, I got a real big problem, Dick. This may be Great. related to your problem. Oh. I think it is in a lot of ways. It's the is gall- that a superset? <laughs> Good question. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, Sean. I don't know. I'll have to think about that. But it is the Gollum effect, right? Have you ever heard of this? The guy in Lord of the Rings? You know, that's what I, that's the first thing I thought of. But a Gollum predates Lord of the Rings. A Gollum is uh, originally uh, a big stone or clay creature that comes to life uh, magically. Oh. Yeah. Are there but, too many of those roaming around? Huge killing problem. People? Yeah, <laughs> like asteroids. It actually comes from old Jewish, uh, an old Jewish fable. Where, I thought so, but I wasn't going to say that. Yeah, no, it is. 
Um, the Gollum effect. I didn't know if it was anti-Semitic somehow. I was like, why do I know that? Is In this that- climate, Dick, anything you can say can be perceived as racist or sexist or homophobic or transphobic. Everything you say is fucking wrong these days. Yeah, but I also don't know how much of my information I got off of like a thread on 4chan. Yeah. Like, I gotta try to remember if I read that in a book or if I read that in a thread. That, yeah. Yeah. The Gollum effect is basically a type of self-fulfilling prophecy, except instead of turning into a giant clay creature brought to life by magic, you turn into a failure. Oh, yeah. You start out as a promising young Geo dude, and then bam, next oh. thing you know, you're a Gollum. <laughs> God. <laughs> who easily succumbs to water, ice, and even grass. Can you believe that? Even grass. Yeah. <laughs> who, who, what kind of dipshit Pokemon fall, uh, succumbs to grass type? Grass is the weak. Not the weakest. grass gets in the cracks. Gra- grass That's gets, why. That rhymes. <laughs> if you're... <laughs> So it's got to be true. If you're a rock monster, like yeah. if you're an onyx or oh, whatever, I see what you're saying. Your, weak, I see. your cracks are huh. the weakest part. That's a good point. So and those vines get wriggle in there. I know. I was also thinking about how much thought they put into the Pokemon evolution of these characters and why they're weak to certain types. And uh-huh. I was looking at the Geodude and the, uh, the Golem that he evolves to. Um, and... Water and ice also corrode rocks. Over time, right. water and ice corrodes rocks. And, right. uh, and ice specifically because it water gets in the cracks and then when it freezes, it expands and then breaks apart rocks. Mm. They put a lot of thought into that, I think. And also fighting. Fighting also <laughs> destroys rocks. Sure. Yeah, where's it down? Obvious, though. Have you ever seen a kung fu movie? Come on, idiots. Look it up. Where they fight the rock clan? No, I've never seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> where, they bro- where they break through the concrete. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That'd be a good movie, though. Big problem. Yeah, bunch of bunch of uh, uh, Shaolin monks fighting uh, golems. Rock monsters. Yeah, rock monsters. That'd be cool. Shit. Yeah. All right, guys. The Gollum effect. This is from Wikipedia. The Gollum effect is a psychological phenomenon in which lower expectations placed upon an individual, either by supervisors or the individual themselves, lead to poorer performance by the individual. The effect is mostly seen and studied in education and organizational environments. It is a form of self-fulfilling prophecy. Now, the opposite of the Gollum effect is something called the Pygmalion effect, which is exactly what it sounds like uh, uh, when I said the opposite. <laughs> it's so when this you is have, low expectations? That's yeah. your problem, pretty much? Well, it, it, low expectations that then become a self-fulfilling prophecy. There's a bunch of steps to how it works. Uh, first, oh. you form or learn the expectation, right? Because okay. it can be a learned expectation. Give me an example. Well, I don't learn well without an example. For example, uh, you hear this statistic that uh, m- uh, black people... Do the most drugs. Uh, can we make it a fun example, though? Not about f- black people doing drugs. <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to relate it back to your problem. If no, you want- I don't want to relate it to my problem. Okay, you want uh, you want a fun? You want okay? Yeah, I, I can't think of fun examples because all I can think of are depressing ones. Uh- <laughs> not, not a surprise. <laughs> let's say you're let's say you're ex- expecting that if you talk to a girl, it won't go well. There you go. Okay, okay. That, that's still not fun, but it's better than uh, the, the other that's, depressing yeah, shit. Yeah, I you know, it's yeah. a reason to live. Yeah. No, that's a good example. That, that, well, then then it goes back to self defeating thoughts too when you think that you don't have a chance of succeeding with uh, talking to a girl or talking uh-huh. to a guy or a job application or whatever talking to a guy I yeah for do girls. that no problem or, or guys yeah. oh okay yeah if you're if you're interested in someone uh you know what i i gotta give some uh some kudos to girls who hit on guys because there's a lot of stigma a lot of times and girls yeah. who do it got some balls yeah literal a little, testicles a little forward <laughs> anyway um you form or learn an expectation, right? That's the first step. The second is you communicate that expectation. And the third is the behavior is adapted to meet that expectation in the obser- the person you're observing. And then the fourth is the expectation occurs. So it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. 
Okay. The expectation that you have of someone eventually becomes that. And it has to be bad for it to be called the golem effect? Yes. The positive of that is if you have high expectations for someone, they fulfill that expectation. Okay. So, like, everyone thought Frodo would get the ring to Mordor. <laughs> this is so- <laughs> <laughs> But he wouldn't have been able to do it without Golem, even though Golem was an asshole. Right? Is that the Golem effect? No. He was motivated by, <laughs> by the Golem Go- effect. Yeah, he was. No, that is not the Golem effect. Um, <laughs> thanks, thanks. I saw that movie, yeah. Maddox. I know what Golem did, all okay. right? Calm down. That's not the Golem <laughs> That's not the Gollum effect. Um, in 1968, there's a couple of researchers, uh, Rosenthal and Jacobson. They asked students in an elementary school to take an intelligence pretest, and they randomly selected 20% of the students and told the teachers that these students that they randomly selected were going to have potential for intellectual growth and that they'd be sure to bloom academically within one year. Eight months later, sure enough, the students who were picked scored significantly higher on their tests. Oh. Yeah. Is that the Pygmalion effect? That's the Pygmalion effect, Okay. Yeah. And and then they did the same the, a similar study with uh, with students where they picked uh, uh, some students. They said, "Well, these ones we expect to do well. These ones we expect to do poorly." And, and they they're found, ugly, <laughs> right? Uh, I mean, you know, why not? Like, if you're going to shit on kids, why not just go all the way? Well, here's the thing: uh, the likelihood of the teacher's susceptibility to biases mm-hmm. plays into this. So yeah. they found that uh, it affects students when the teacher is more susceptible to being biased. Mm. And uh, a lot of people are. A lot of people, it's a cognitive bias. I mean, it, it's a bias. No, I wrote I wrote my buddy's, um, his son was in junior high, and I wrote his paper for him one day. I was, he was having some kind of barbecue, and the kid couldn't come out and screw around because he was upstairs writing a paper. And I was like, ah, oh, let me take a crack at that. So I just wrote his paper, like, no big deal. It took, like, 20 minutes. Uh, he got a fucking C. <laughs> I, I got a C and I was like what I was like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute I know for a fact that that paper was not read and that it was just graded based on what this kid traditionally gets which is like in the C range like like it it pissed me off so immediately and so like I'm still mad about it it was like 10 years ago yeah you got a C buddy you you failed a kid's t- oh, a kid's test yeah he's like, like oh yeah that's what I usually get I'm like what do you mean that that's not, you didn't write the paper you motherfucker I wrote it <laughs> How old is he? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, he was in junior high. I don't know. How old is oh, that? Maybe. Oh, well. 12, 13. Yeah. M- maybe yeah, he. was a great paper. I was like, oh, what sure. is this fucking bitch? Does she not understand what, <laughs> what I'm, she probably doesn't understand what I'm saying here. I'm going to go well, to that school. To be fair, Dick, some of your pros can be very confusing, as we heard in the last uh, episode. I got a voicemail on that. If oh, you want to hear it at the, we'll end, hear it of the end of the show. <gasps> yeah, some of it, it's, it can be very confusing. I Dick. didn't want to bring in Trump again, though, so I didn't play oh, it. Oh, well, you, you mentioned it. There you go. You lost the bet. Hey, uh, but, but uh, maybe. Maybe you got the C, Dick, because your nephew or whoever uh, had low expectations of you. Maybe that was the golem effect. What do you mean? My the, my friend's your kid friend's had kid, low yeah. expectations of yeah, me? Yeah, maybe that's a golem effect. No, he didn't care. He just didn't want to write the paper. Yeah. Well, uh, so anyway, guys, this uh, now here, here's where I want to tie it into something that's, uh, that's more, I guess, prescient. Um, this could be related to the reason why more women aren't comedians. And, uh, you know, oh. people... People, no, it's There's true. Plenty. We got plenty of female comedians Pe- out there. Of course, people believe women aren't funny, so it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. Now, I didn't really. You think women are hilarious, right? 
I well, of course. <laughs> okay, I don't know. I that's such a fucking load. I hate oh, the way you ask. So loaded. Why is it yeah. so loaded? Why? What's wrong with that Great. question? <laughs> okay, good. I just wanted that on the record. I gotta be Go honest. Ahead. I gotta be honest though. Uh, when I was doing research for this problem, I wasn't thinking about this uh, this specific application of the Gollum effect uh-huh. until this literal sentence that I wrote down uh, about women being, uh, you know, wi- people thinking that women aren't funny. And um, who thinks that? A lot of people. Oh, wow. a lot of people think Jerry Lewis. Funny. You, you, yeah, hmm? yeah. That's what. Yeah, we. Uh, there yeah, are I mean, of- he's also a hundred years old and probably pisses himself when he gets up in the morning. But that's pretty funny. He's a comedian. He was always yeah. a physical comic too. Go ahead. Yeah. Women no. Um, if you search Google right now for the phrase "women aren't funny," you'll find thousands, hundreds of thousands of results, and it's because people have that perception. And then maybe that perception becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And this is what it says, um, This, is according to Wikipedia, when arbitrarily informed that a particular student is bright or dull, not only will a supervisor's behavior change to favor the bright students, as indicated by more praise or attention, the students themselves will exhibit behaviors in line with their labels, such as the bright students leaning more forward in their chairs relative to the dull students. So... If this may be kind of like learned behavior that becomes a self fulfilling prophecy because you keep telling women they're not funny, they're not funny, they're not funny. But then I look at the number of stand up comics I see at an open mic and I take the percentage of uh, funny male comedians and the percentage of funny female comedians and they're pretty. It's both about they're, zero. <laughs> yeah, they're both, yeah, pretty, they're both hovering right around successfully zero. Successfully not, not funny. Yeah, I went to an open mic a long time ago and. Did there you were, perform? No, hell no. Uh, there were 50 comedians. Uh-huh. 50 comedians came up. All night long. And, you know, I think only about 10 of them were women. And of those, I think two of them were funny. But then of the guys, only about uh, 10 were funny. It's about the same percentage. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I thought, well, there you go. It's not that there aren't funny women. It's that there are fewer female comedians. And that's why we have the perception that women aren't funny. Because most of the – I know so many funny women. Numbers-wise, isn't isn't that true then? You got 10 funny guys there and two funny women. Out of like 10 – yeah, exactly. Ten out of a, uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not always percentages, though. No, you're saying numbers wise. Well, there's more funny guys. Ten Exa- and two. Well, exactly. But there were more guys auditioning. You don't. You don't think of the guys who audition and fail. You don't think of those guys. Uh, you only. Th- you only see the funny ones, and then you think, oh, guys are funny, and then uh, there aren't that many funny female comedians because there aren't that many female comedians. Well, I I, th- I know lots of funny female comedians. I know so many. Some of the funniest people I know in my life are women. Yeah. Um, we've had them on the on the show. I think Robin Higgins is hilarious. You should yeah, check out her Wheel of Fortune expose. Yeah, she's, she's fantastic. Great. I don't think that. Do you think that women are constantly being told that they're like? It seems to me all I ever hear is women are hilarious. They could do science and math. They could be whatever size and shape they want. Like I have never heard maybe some off the wall uh, Jerry who who did you Jerry Lewis clip Jerry from Lewis yeah. way long ago that he doesn't. But all I hear is uh, women could do anything and they're funny all the time. Do you really think they get the message that they're not, that they shouldn't be funny? Yes. Wow. Even even Adam Carolla, not too long ago, and this this quote was taken out of context, to be fair to Adam, but even Adam Carolla a while ago said that uh, uh, if there is a woman in a comedy room, she's there because she's a woman. 
not necessarily because she's funny. And he's ma- he was making a statement not about women, but a statement about how there's kind of like this affirmative action going on in our there's, culture. Which is certainly true. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what he was making a statement about. But I mean, the- how many times have you seen like releases go out saying, we're only looking for female comedians oh, to staff this writing job? Yeah. Yeah, it's disgusting. It's sexist. To me. Um, and it's trying to right some perceived wrong in our society or our culture. No, and sometimes we all lose. Like in the case of writing, it's like you want the best writers, right? Yeah, like in right. the new Ghostbusters, we're all going to lose that one, right? <laughs> oh boy. No, but see, okay, but this is what I was what I was back to my point. You're saying uh, two funny females and ten, two funny women, two funny or ten funny guys, right? Yeah, that's more. Saying that the percentages, I don't think is people aren't really like the percentages takes a whole nother element. If you're like, well, this is who came out to be funny. I don't know why they did it. I don't know why it was so less, so many less women. Yeah, I know. Like, I'm I, not going to guess. It's I'm, just that's what we ended up with. I'm with you, Dick. But uh, here's where my perception of that kind of changed. I dated a bunch of girls, and I was surprised that they all had the sim- a similar background. They all said that they were really interested in computer science and mathematics in college and high school. I said, well, so what happened? And this one girl specifically told me that in college— she joined her class, and she felt the professor really, really didn't like her. She felt right from the get-go. The professor looked at her differently. Um, he he was this uh, this older Indian dude who thought that women should don't belong in that profession, and what, he made it did, clear. Do we know that? Yes. Okay. We know that. He made it clear to her. Uh, he said that uh, uh, he he questioned why she was taking the class in the first place, and if it was an accident. He <laughs> he constantly quizzed her. He constantly quizzed her on her knowledge and made her work harder to prove herself. And then she finally had evidence of bias from this professor when she did a group project and she wrote all the code. And uh, it was the exact same code that like the entire group had t- had uh, had turned in. Everyone in her group got an A, except she got a B for that exact same project. And that's when she knew she went to the professor. She went to the dean, and they mm-hmm. eventually reversed her grade. But the guy still worked there. Another example: I dated another girl you know. who, in computer science, yeah, uh, she was in a computer science class. She had a, a great interest in in uh, mathematics and programming. The professor kept hitting on her, and kept hitting on her, and kept hitting on her. And eventually, it got so out of control that that uh, the professor asked her to stay after class and to, uh, you know, for, for some extra credit or something. And it was really creepy shit you see, like, in movies and things like that. And she said that she was too skeeved out because that was the only teacher in high school who was teaching computer science, so she dropped out of the major. Mm-hmm. She lost interest. So I changed my opinion on on this... Uh, this Institutionalized sexism. Yeah, it, it, it does happen. Should bring in men. It's a problem. Well, I don't think men are, I don't think men are a problem. Somebody should. I think uh, I think sexism is a problem, but uh, it goes both ways. And but that you know there is something to that. There is something to that. Some women do get that message that they are not welcome in comedy. They are not welcome in science and mathematics. And I'm not saying that that's the majority of the cause. Because if you're too weak to overcome people who aren't welcoming to you in yeah. a community, try fucking gaming. Okay, everyone fucking hates you all the time. Always. Or try doing physical labor. Like yeah. it's not welcoming. Because it's physical and yeah. labor. But, yeah. Or, you know, go go to, go get a microphone and stand on stage and speak your mind. The, there's got to be gender equality there. Holy shit. But yeah. lifting, but, you know, running a leaf blower, eh, da, 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 we don't care. Yeah. You, you keep doing that one. Well, um, it's even more of a problem. Uh, the Gollum effect is even more of a problem because it's understudied due to ethical concerns. Back to the drug thing. You know, a lot of studies, a lot of things we can't study in society because we have ethical concerns. Specifically, and uh, I this... 
here we go. This I think this is from uh, Wikipedia again. Specifically, the concern arises in trying to operationalize negative expectations in individuals, which will theoretically result in the lower performance of the individuals. The worry then is that it's possibly harmful, lingering effects on research participants beyond the study due to this manipulation. So essentially, if you're trying to test someone to see if the Gollum effect actually works, uh, that test itself may have long-lasting impacts and and, uh, psychological results that you don't intend far-reaching beyond the study. So it's kind of hard to study even from the get-go. I mean, these, these researchers did these studies in spite of those ethical concerns, and maybe they weren't aware of them Good at the for time. Them. Trailblazers, getting results. Yeah. That's what it takes. Yeah. In science. And I mean, your hope is that you don't permanently damage people when you're when you're testing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, it's a it's a big problem because you, it's even difficult to study. The, the Gollum effect. Lowered expectations. Yeah. That seems like Low, a big lowered problem. expectations that turn into a self-fulfilling prophecy. Okay, but isn't that the isn't that the danger of lower expectations? That like what? there's no that's the only thing that's wrong with them, right? Lowered expectations that turns into the that are self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, yeah, right. lowered lowered expectations that become a self fulfilling prophecy. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, this has affected you personally too, right? What do you, What do you mean? I, d- I mean, what you... are you doing on this podcast? Yeah, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> you did that last week too. Don't you want to talk about addiction? Oh uh, yeah. What do you by, want to know? By, by the way, I should I shouldn't have. Uh, put that out there I, without asking you first before the show. Sorry, I still that. don't know what you want to know. Oh, I was just curious if you if you had any stories to share. That's all I wanted to know about addiction. Yeah, if you wanted to, I don't even know. I, mean, I don't even know where to start with that, man. I, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I don't I'm know. Sorry I don't, okay, that. I don't know how how to respond to the. Um, do I have any experience with lowered expectations? No, but if either. someone has lower expectations of you, don't you then fulfill them? Shit, I have no fucking idea off the top of my head. Uh, I, I, I was, I'm basically just going, because the answer is yes. I'm basically just goading you into playing, so I can play this clip. Here's, here's the clip. Oh, another no. dick versus dick? It's not, because you didn't contradict yourself, uh, but here's just something you've said in the past. I'm 100% sure. If I'm going to get treated like a criminal, I will behave like a criminal. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. That's, that's exactly the Gollum effect. When you, you brought expect- in that clip of me to play to me? Well, as an example of how it can affect all of us. Well, I think oh, that man. I think that effect has been studied in that capacity. Yeah, where a lot of people in the you know inner cities, uh, you know, are treated and looked at like criminals, and they behave that way, and they think there's you know a solid connection between that. Right, sure. right, absolutely. You expect people, and this goes back to the war on drugs. You again, uh, the, the black thing. You expect people to do drugs or be caught for it because they're incarcerated at a much higher rate then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy maybe uh you get doesn't according to the stats though because they do even less yeah but they get arrested for it more yeah and then and then maybe that leads them down a life of crime who knows yeah who knows but uh the golem effect is a really it can be devastating to people uh it's something that you have to be aware of but it's really difficult because these the way that we think about people because a lot of times we're right no. A lot of the times prejudice is right. No. Yeah, it is. Well, okay. Of course it is. Stereotypes, for sure. A lot of the times your gut's right. Like, yeah, yeah these kids aren't going to do well. Well, they probably won't. No, but that's, that's literally the Gollum effect that I'm describing. You can't have, like, it's it's really dangerous to have those expectations of people because yeah. they become self-fulfilling. Well, maybe. Maybe they're just fulfilling. And everyone's aware of it. Well, that's also a possibility. Sure. But we know, we know, I mean, based on that study, well, look, it's much easier to study the Pygmalion effect. They're very similar. And the Pygmalion effect doesn't have long-lasting, damaging effects on their, the participants. You can 
have higher expectations of students and then see that they fulfill those expectations. Now, that's not a perfect study because some of those students may happen to be of higher aptitude just by chance that you included in your study. So Mm -hmm. you may have accidentally selected a few that were going to do well anyway. However, it's unlikely that the 20% that you randomly selected, all of them do, do better. Now, what if you have a really bright kid but they still can't achieve their parents' expectations. Well, I got a problem for you coming up, buddy. Mm. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But anyway, that's my problem, guys, the Gollum effect. It's a problem, too, because it's about students who are really, like, like, what are their accomplishments? They did okay on a test. Like, oh, who fucking cares? Well, that's well all, but that's all you can do at that age. I mean, yeah. you can only do what, what are you going to do? You're, you and know, that's, that's you're not going to win the Nobel Prize at that age, so. And that's also the the uh, the way they're able to study kids is in elementary school. But they have found this to be the case in organizational structures as well, like at oh, work. Oh, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. That'd be interesting. Absolutely. At work, they found these, uh, these uh, same things. When bosses randomly select certain employees with certain expectations, they challenge them. They step up to that challenge. That's actually what one of my uh, bosses did a long time ago. Well, I've only had two jobs, so ooh, you know which one. Yeah, ooh, I know, I know. Ooh, ooh, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Keep Keep going. I'll find it. Yeah, so anyway. <laughs> I'm not going to say this story. I well, just said you shit on me with so a sound interesting clip. No, and important. fuck you. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm done talking about it. Oh, okay. I, I was going to relate it to a real personal story that could have really drove the point home. Now you're going to play some shitty sound drop. I don't know why I would play a sound drop. You're not talking about anything specifically. There's okay. nothing to play a sound drop All right. about. Was that your problem? Yeah. Okay, my last problem is... Ducking autocorrect. Mm. What? It changes fucking to ducking. Oh, I get it. Okay. Ducking Who's ever need to say ducking? Who in their life has ever needed to say ducking? Well, we're, uh, what are you uh, What are you hunting? What are you doing this afternoon? Are I'm going ducking. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing when a ball's coming at your head? I duck. Yeah. But what's the act of ducking? Yeah, right. I mean, when would you... <laughs> How when who has ever said that? Yeah. How fucked is autocorrect that it ever you it ever replaces anything with ducking? I hate it. No one's ever said it. No one in the history of the world. Yeah. Any you could throw any word in there. Probably used it more than ducking. Mm-hmm. My phone my fucking phone. I never type shifting. I'm ducking, never shifting. My ducking phone. Yeah. I'm never having a shifty day, asshole. Yeah. Guess what kind of day I'm having? It's not fucking shifty. It's shoddy. I'm going to go take a shot. <laughs> well, actually, that's uh, 50-50. Probably. What are you doing? I'm taking a shot taking right now. Taking a shot right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, for you, Dick. <laughs> Your phone is so confused with that one. Because <laughs> sometimes you're doing both. Yeah, he types them equally. Yeah. He doesn't know which one to choose. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah if, I've been, yeah, if I've been taking shots, I don't care. That's the other thing with autocorrect. Every time it fucks it up, I know what I meant. I know the person on the other end knows what I meant, but I feel compelled to correct it so I don't look like an idiot. Right. Yeah. Or or somehow I'm not so I'm not disrespecting them, right? right. Like uh like I'm like a mafia per- don all of a sudden like uh, uh no disrespect uh yeah. don, don Maddox. I meant to say fucking. I'm going to correct that. I, I would never let a computer talk to you in lieu of me. Like, yeah. right? That's yeah. it's this weird thought process. I've turned off, uh, thankfully, you're able to do this in the Google Dictionary, but you can turn off filters for safe words. So thankfully, my phone mostly gets fucking correctly, especially even during voice-to-text, it gets fucking oh, done really? correctly. Yeah, I'll do it right now. I'll, ta- I'll talk. I'm going to talk and record, and we'll see how much of this it gets correctly. But go on, Dick. What, what, what's your other problem with, the, with voice-to-text? 
Or I'm sorry, autocorrect. No, it's autocorrect. Ducking autocorrect. Yeah, that there's well, that there's no cursing in it. And the okay, here's the other bad part about autocorrect. Yeah, I don't know if I. There's no way for me to know if life would be better without it. Like I use it and I hate it, but I'm afraid to turn it off. Because what if the alternative is so, like, what if I'm so bad at typing and just turns into, like, blah, 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 like a bunch of Q-Birds speak when okay. I'm trying to talk, right? Well, that's, it's, that's, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. You, what, do I have to conduct uh, my own experiments on the UI of my phone to see which one's worse? I don't want to do that. Well, I just deal with it. It's right, it's right on, this is what, you remember that Louis C.K. thing when he said, watch me jerk off? Yeah, to those girls that he allegedly imprisoned <laughs> in his hotel room. Yeah, do you remember that? It was uh, um okay, he was his part of his routine was like how everyone's spoiled and this thing's beaming in from space, right? You should have more respect for the technology in front of you. That was his thing. Right. Fuck that. No. <laughs> this tech this shoddy shitty technology, this ducking autocorrect, it's it rides that thin line between totally making me insane and being useful. Like, I don't know what side of the fence I'm on. Uh, online tracking, pizza tracking, useful. 100% useful. So useful I can't even see it down on the use- usefulness graph, right? Autocorrect, right on the line. Hmm. Right on the line of zero. I, I don't know which side it's on. Is this fucking with me or is this helping me? I'm on the slightly positive side of it. Well, we all are. That's why we have it on. That's but right. I'm too afraid. What if we're not? Well, let's let's experiment. Right now, I'm going to record, going forward, the rest of this episode in autocorrect and see how much of it translates. In voice to text? Yeah, right now, I'm doing voice to text, and I'm going to see how much of this translates correctly for autocorrect. And we're going to post this on the website, but uh, the rest of this conversation, we're going to see how much of it translates. It also takes all the personality out of your texting. Yeah. If I want to text like, whoa, right? It just turns yeah. into whoa. Yeah. Like, well, I already fucking sent it. Now I'm not, what am I going to say to this person? Whoa, again, now I look desperate, right? Yeah. So I guess we're all stuck with these muted reactions. And it never gets the right number of ha's in there. Because I never want to, like, if no, I send you're right. H-A-H-A-H, that's usually, like, something I actually chuckled at. Mm-hmm. But it, it it adds extra H-A's, H-A's, H-A's. Like, it, it, it makes me look like an idiot. What, am I like, flirting think, with this guy yeah, now? Yeah. I sent so many ha's? What you think the hell? That's, that's not the funniest fucking thing I've ever read, no. idiot. My fucking phone, dipshit. This guy's going to think less of me now because of the number of H's yet. He's going to feed me all of his shit now. Yeah, He's going to oh say, oh, here's, you, like, you really like that oh, joke? Yeah. Here's all my one and two material. You're going to love this, you fucking pig. Yeah. Eat this slop. <laughs> I got I to block. I got to get out of here. Yeah. I, now, never. you're never getting another ha. You know what else it does with the ha's? Separates them. Ha, space, yes. ha. Like, what the fuck? Am I a computer? Yeah, like Am I a, a comic book? Like, like what? A, a robot tr- pretending to be human, like trying to act like a human. We know you, robot. No no human adds spaces in their ha's. They're not distinct. I know they, they sound like distinct syllables to your shitty fucking computer brain, but they're not assholes. And somebody programmed that. Yeah. They're like, well, how do I go ha, 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 space, ha, space, ha. Yeah. Like that programmer sat there and did that. Right. This is by far the most Seinfeldy episode we've ever done. <laughs> Can you imagine those? Uh, what? how many episodes there would be if texting existed in their world there is a modern seinfeld twitter account yeah. that does that it's pretty funny oh, that's right i've heard of that um how about auto correcting things into sex how does it miss fucking and shit but it will throw a sex in there when i didn't want it to be look when i type, if i want sex to be in a text i typed it i don't want you throwing it in there 
Like, yeah. oh, you sure didn't mean, sure didn't mean come here for some mm-hmm. sex at the office? No, I didn't. Well, now I gotta, now I gotta explain something that we both know. We both know why it happened, but I gotta compulsively explain it. Like, I have this, like, I'm the only one on earth in the office with a magical device that fucks up my text. Everybody has it. Yeah, sorry, mom, I'll call you in a sex. When I, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, man. My mom I, sent me a text one time for an In-N-Out hamburgers order. Yeah. What's the best, what's the style you get at In-N-Out? With, there's, you know, D- they got a- Ducking style. No, they got a An- bunch of different animal sti- style. Yeah. Animal style. What did I get from mom? Mom, text me your order. I don't want to remember it. Write it down. I don't want you thinking of just text it to me. Yeah, uh, Dick, I'd like a cheeseburger, anal style. Like uh, <laughs> that's it. I'm just driving home. I'm well, driving home. I'm not uh, even getting the hamburgers. I'm never eating it in and out again. Thanks a lot, autocorrect. I'm pretty sure if somebody wanted something replaced with anal, they would have written anal in the text. Right. That's not a replaceable word. You know, Dick, so we're, we're having a lot of fun with this. We're doing, uh, but a lot of this is voice to text, too. So what a voice to text, but autocorrect no, all specifically. Mine's, all mine's autocorrect. Well, what, you typed anal instead of animal? No, she oh, did. Cor- oh, it she correct, did. She, she must have gotten close to animal. Oh. But like your bet with the Voyager, which one's closer? The thing said, well, uh, gee, w- w- I'm pretty close to animal, but I'm also pretty close to anal. I'll just go with anal. Fuck it. Well, you know, equally likely that someone would have used this word. Yeah. Pretty close to fucking. Also pretty close to ducking. Probably meant ducking. Probably ducking. Probably a lot of, listen, we're, we're, this, this phone is perfectly suited for a nuclear holocaust when everybody's ducking and covering all the time. You what know, are you doing? Ducking and covering and shooting the shit. You know what the problem is, Dick? It's lawyers. Because they don't want what? Google. Yeah. <laughs> the lawyers are the problem. Because they don't want, Google doesn't want to accidentally put in the word fucking when, when someone actually meant ducking or anything. Anything else? They, they're they're playing on the side. You know, they'll be like, "Oh, oh really? Our, our program's not good enough." You know, to figure out uh, fucking. Oh, oh sorry, it was an yeah. I think they're covering their ass so that if someone doesn't accidentally send a text to someone to their boss and get fired for it, just in the off chance that they meant ducking. You're probably right. Yeah, ducking Smart. lawyers, man. <laughs> you got to duck lawyers. Ducking lawyers. Anyway, good. I read a bunch of articles. Um, I tried to research this, of course, bunch of apologists saying that I'm I'm wrong. Oh, the, the reason that you hate this is because there's something wrong with you. Like, I, I doubt it. When I, when anyone gives me that answer, I doubt it instantly. Like, what what are you getting paid by autocorrect? Are you? <laughs> does it like? Does it call you every night? And does it? Did it leave your pet's head in your bed? Why the duck are you defending autocorrect? Big big autocorrect. Yeah. Is paying like, him what off. is your? What is wrong with yeah, you? What's that your you angle shit? This you thing? know what it is? It's fucking iPhone users. It's always touch screens with these assholes. Because if, without touch screens before that shit, if you guys can remember back in the day when we had fucking keyboards. That you feel and you could type quickly mm. and it was correct all the time you didn't need this fucking shitty autocorrect all the time for every fucking word and that's why your batteries are dead shitheads yeah do i have an iphone 5 charger no fuck you turn off autocorrect get a fucking keyboard yeah whoever invented autocorrect should be shit <laughs> <laughs> how long were you saving that just now yeah right yeah I swear to God. it wasn't even had to, anything to do with what he just said you yeah. just thought of that right now yeah, yeah i was just mm. thinking we shit and ducking I'm not defending my joke to you. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This uh, this transcript's going to be hilarious, I think. You're or blowing ter- it, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. I All read right, some t- shit about autocorrect making people stupider. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I don't really, I don't buy that. Right. It was like a third of people can't spell, third, two thirds, a third of people couldn't spell definitely and separate. What, did they spell defiantly? Well, I, I don't know, but I bet they knew when I meant fucking and when I meant ducking. Yeah. Right? 
You know what? Uh, I think it's just a really bad Markov chain. They have these Markov chain models that uh, that try to predict what you're saying in context, and they're able to. It's basically how uh, if you guys have ever used the the app SwiftKey, SwiftKey does it by creating these models that look at your text and then try to predict based on context and other things you've written in the past what you meant to say. And mm. mine is actually surprisingly good. Uh, this is an autocorrect, but it is auto phrasing. So it suggests the next phrase that I'm that I'm. <laughs> there came a point a long time. Ago when I was on uh, does Tinder. it suggest I'm a writer? All like if you put I'm, does it oh, say a writer? You want to see what it suggests? Uh, yeah, this is like, here, I'll love show to you. See that. I'll show you. I'll show you. You'll love I'm. this. You'll love this. Hold on. Yeah, if, the, if you type in I'm and the next word isn't the, I'll okay. be very upset. Dick, yes. I typed in. Yeah. I typed in I'm an, and then I want you to read what the three suggestions are. Great, probably. Let me see it. Underappreciated genius. Hold on. Oh, uh, author. Uh huh. Asshole uh-huh. and idiot. Yep. <laughs> Excellent. I'm an a- author. He says I'm an author as much as he says I'm an idiot. Phenomenal. Or asshole. It says I'm an a- asshole, author, idiot. Those are the three suggestions when I type in what I'm What if you just an. type in I'm? Late? Probably late. No. Or no, running dickhead. late. Oh, it's not an exaggeration. The suggestions are I'm and then not and then at and then sorry. Let's see what says right after not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm sorry. Says, you know he never says that. Fuck you, Sean. I say it all the fucking time. I'm a great apologizer, shithead. I brought in people who are bad at apologies because I'm good at them. I figured it out. I know how to apologize. You figured out how to manipulate your apologies no. so they're perfect? No, I'm a good apologizer. Um, I says, oh, I'm not sure if you're waiting for this file from me or if you're getting me the 3D renders so I can composite them in the video. That's huh. your most used sentence, I, huh? guess, I guess that's my most used sentence. Mm. I'm right. not sure if you're waiting for this file for me or if you're getting me the 3D renders so you can composite them in this video. That's my problem. Yeah. Good problem, Dick. I'll post that uh, transcript. It's ridiculous on the uh, website. But anyway, guys, uh, we ran out of time. I'm not going to get to my problem this week. I'll bring it in next week. Uh, it's a good one, though. Uh, so... Happy 420 to all the libertarians out there. <laughs> Happy States Rights Day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Look, yeah, the take the important takeaway is legalize drugs so that we can regulate them, make sure they're clean, you're getting the product that you're supposed to have. My problem this week is <laughs> the Gollum effect. Wait, why are you laughing? Because it's not a lot of drugs and auto ducking autocorrect. I got it. Thanks for listening. <laughs> why, why is that funny? Explain it to me. He's talking about regulation and libertarianism. Yeah. Other conflicting ideas. Uh-huh. Oh, is that what? It, yeah, everyone just thinks libertarians just hate all regulation. Well, no, no libertarian like will like, go on the record saying which which regulations they're in favor of. Well, it, drugs is a big thing to regulate. Yeah, yeah. 